When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is a brunch day, a Monday brunch day, and we're bringing it back. This is our third time where we're going to talk music because, you know, whether you like it or not, I know you look at us like the most important, smartest people know, talking about movies in the history of the game, really. Correct, definitely. But what yeah. we actually know probably a little bit more about is music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we talk about music a lot. We decided sometimes we maybe just want to talk about those nostalgic albums and we want to give them a review. Yeah. And we did sublime self titled. We did Creed. What's the, what was the title of that album? Human Uh, clay. Human clay. Now we're doing limp biscuit, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. And I know what you're thinking. Illegal, illegal. (laughs) And I know what you're also thinking. That album sucks. <laughs> oh, I guess what? You probably haven't listened to it in about 20 years. So Yeah. And, and it's subjective. <laughs> yeah. And so music and movies and art are subjective. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> so we're going to decide. <laughs> we went back and we listened to this album again all the way through. And we're going to decide maybe Modern Eye, does it suck? Or maybe do you just think about it the wrong way? Now you need to give it another listen. Yeah. I yeah, I have a history with this album. What's your history with this album? I'll just say that um I got I was I don't even know the first time I ever heard Limp Biscuit or like what made me get the CD, but I got the CD and I got it at Walmart, which is a bad move because that oh, is an no. edited version. Oh, it's all they dummy. have there. Yeah. Um Ugh. And I think I think it was a move on my mom's part. I want to say, but like she got you. We would listen to it in the car as as we were <laughs> heading somewhere, and I would do the, the swear words accidentally. And, she, and I'm like, oh, sorry. She's like, you know, you just keep you know, you keep your fucking mouth shut. Sometimes. <laughs> she would say, fuck. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, Charlie? Um, yeah, I swear. I just loved this album, and I loved um, like Roland, me and my friend uh, Jordan, who should sponsor the podcast by now. <laughs> Jordan really should sponsor um, the podcast. We listen to it in our in his basement all the time, and just sing the lyrics and hang out, and then watch cliffhanger and shit. This and, is your uh, first. 
probably album that you ever owned by Limp Bizkit? Yes, okay. definitely. First um, and only, maybe? I think, yeah. I think this is the only, only record I only owned or ever owned. But um, yeah, loved it. Didn't know that it was way too long at the time. Okay. AJ, what was your first experience with this album? Um, kind of a similar thing. I Except for the fact that I knew like uh, two songs off of this album. And uh, well, two and a half. Um, two of them were rolling, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then uh, one of them was just that part where it's like, ladies and gentlemen, like that part. <laughs> yeah, I remember that part really Hot good. Dog. That's a lot of songs, man. <laughs> By Limp Bizkit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> get up, get up. Now you're going to do the thing. That's basically what Fred Durst is and does. His own hype, man. Great, yeah, he's great at it. And uh, no, I... Uh, I, let's be real, guys. I was far too innocent and to be able to listen to something like this. Um, do you know how many F-bombs are dropped in that verse? 46. 46. Uh, he says it. He counts it. <laughs> he tells you. So like, Don't uh, worry. I will do the work for you. Don't like, even try to count this. I just wanted to make sure like, I got an entire season's worth of HBO uh, in one song. So, yeah. so you had never heard this all the way through until now? Never heard it all the way through. Ooh. Wow. So I an experience. I am a giant Limp Biscuit fan. Like when Corn and Limp Biscuit hit the scene, this was me. Like I'm all about this. I was a Pearl Jam fan and those two bands brought me into like the new metal world, right? Yeah, I'm sure Fred Durst had a beef with <laughs> what's his name? Gavin. Ga- Gavin Gavin DeCroft. Yeah. Gavin Vetter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh <laughs> I actually got it? a I actually got a some like X Games sampler CD that had um I think it was counter no stuck from Limp Biscuit's first album, Three Dollar Bill Y'all, which yeah. I will still go on record. Three Dollar Bill Y'all is one of my favorite albums ever. I just funny thing about that as I heard or I had this album, Chaka Starfish, and I was like, I need more. But I did like I wanted the the other significant one. other. Yes. Yep. Um, and I went to Walmart and I'm like, well, they only have three dollar billy. Did so you I'll, get it? I'll I'll just get it. And I didn't like it. Oh, because I just wanted that song that yep, was on. Yep, you know. Of course. Um, but uh, I have grown to know to know that that is probably their best. To be it's honest. It, that's their best artistically significant other. I think is their best all around album. Okay. And then this one's definitely the biggest commercial success. This is the one that take that took them over the edge into into nothingness. Like yeah. <laughs> this was they they hit the peak and fell off tumbling after this. But this was their third studio album released on October seventeenth, two thousand. And what's crazy about that is think about this. Significant other came out June June twenty second, nineteen ninety nine. So we're talking like fourteen fifteen months later to not only tour a giant album and then go into the studio, write and record it and release it. Yeah. Like that, this is back then. They used to just churn albums. Out. I was, I had read reviews on this and a lot of them were just like, it seems pretty rushed. It, it seems, does. It seems like they were just kind of slapping shit together just to ride the success. You know, it, it's, it's very true of, of a lot of the bands at that time. Like if you know much about Pearl Jam, like they did 10 and that was the one that just broke them on the scene versus, was like a very polished sophomore album. And then their third one was Vitalogy, which was just like pretty much them just fucking off, basically being like, we can do no wrong. 
<laughs> and that's kind of how this album felt to me a little bit. <laughs> like, who yeah. cares? Yeah. Isn't it weird how bands will like have a name for an album for like their first three and then like their fourth or fifth one is a self-titled? <laughs> that always irks me. I don't know why, but I... Well, what are we going to call this one? I don't fuck, fucking care. We're out of everything. Pearl Jam? Okay, let's <laughs> just call cool. it Pearl Jam. That's I, I dig that. Jural Pam? Jural Pam. Oh, no, that's funny. That's we funny. can't... They, they will never let us do that. <laughs> Dude, let's they just, aren't going to get that joke. Majlerep or... Yeah. Just do it backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, actually, funny enough, do you know what they wanted to call this album? Yes. Limp Dependence Day. <laughs> and it was abandoned after the band failed to meet the deadline for their original intended release of July 4th. Yeah. It would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, um, damn. I, I heard, I was watching a, like a retrospective of Limp Biscuit today, and uh, I heard that one of their names uh, that they wanted to call themselves was Blood Fart. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> write a song <laughs> or fart blood. Or something oh, like that. No. Write a song. Like I, we will get into it. But I do think that uh, this band is just pure tongue in cheek. Yes, they, they know what they're doing. I know. Yeah. And maybe that's what the downfall of them was: was that not enough people realized that. Yeah. I don't think. Like, like they, they're seriously talented at what they do, but they fell into this niche that no one else ever has ever sounded like. Yeah. Or ever did before them. And, I mean, think about where they were at right now. This album debuted at number one, selling 1.1 million copies in the first week. Only 23 albums in history have sold over 1 million albums in their first week. Oof. 21 albums? 23. 23, 23 albums. And they, they, they came in. They're the, the number 22nd album of all time to wow. sell over a million 400,000 of those were on the first day. The largest first week sales debut for a rock, rock album in the United States ever since, um, Neil, since the Nielsen Sound Scan began tracking albums in 91. Fifth highest week debut sales of 2000. Listen, listen to what came out in 2000. Eminem, The Marshall Mathers. Oh, yeah. No yeah. Sync, uh, or In Sync, No Strings Attached, Backstreet Boys, Black and Blue, Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again. <laughs> I mean, and this that, this was this came in right behind those. Yeah, uh, over twenty three. Oh, sorry, I already said that. But ten point four million albums total is what this is sold. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it got me. Uh, I was one of them. I mean, and and it was in the heyday of CDs too, when like you just had to buy this. Yeah, true. You had to you have had a CD. to have. You this. needed to add it to your library. Like in your tr- in the trunk of your car. You mean the sleeve? The sleeve. Uh, yep. Yes, library that you have. That will inevitably get stolen. Right. With your CD face. Correct. But, I mean, you got to have it. Yeah. I mean, it's important to have it so you can make the, the robbery more easy, you <laughs> yeah. know, for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that it was the grand plan of the record companies because then you yeah. had to buy it again. Yeah. And then System of Down was like, we're just going to say it, steal this album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that would be fun. Did you know what they did for promotion for this? No. They, uh, they had a, a huge party at the Playboy Mansion. With they had uh, Chino Marino from Deftones, David Silvera from Corn, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, uh, Brandon Boyd from Incubus, and Ja Rule, and then like a shit ton of other like playmates and everything. And then they had like an hour long special on MTV. Where, I watched that where Fred Durst was just like, "Hey, we're fucking hanging out and shit," and he's just drinking. You know? I watched that. That's amazing. You just, you just unlocked a core menu, core memory. <laughs> Is that right? Oh God! Wow. I just imagine like Carson Daly just trying to like get in there. <laughs> And like as a joke, they wouldn't let him in or something. It's like, well, we're outside of Limp Biscuit's mansion, just hanging out out here outside the gate. Hey guys, can I come in yet? No, okay, fine. 
Nope. My, my name's probably on the list. My girlfriend's Fred. in there. A lot and of people. A lot of people's girlfriends. Girlfriends. <laughs> Um Yeah. Well, let's drop into the tracks. So we're going to go one by one here. Um, normally, I don't mind a, an intro track. Yeah. Uh, but this one just doesn't do it for me. It's pretty... 2000 yeah <laughs> you know yeah but it's also pretty 2000 and very limp biscuit you know it's like oh, that yeah. that weird limp biscuit is in the house. The house. Um, here's the thing it was supposed to go somewhere and then it didn't and then they just decided to start into the next song but- but think about it. The, the next song being Hot Dog yeah. is like the perfect intro it to is. an album Ladies ever. Ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> so what you're intro. saying, it was a mistake to have the intro on this album. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And we are, saying, we, go. we are saying least favorite and favorite songs here. Oh, it's true. I'm not even counting an intro as a song, so I'm not going to. No. But if we were, this would be my least favorite song, the intro. Like at first I was like, uh, uh, I was re-listening and I was like, oh, this is pretty, this is kind of dope. I was like, it's very 2000, but it's kind of dope. It's kind of dope. Well, it's still going. <laughs> well, and then, uh, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Then, then the next, that's when the next song kicked in. <laughs> I was like, well, that didn't seem very necessary. That's want, the way I felt about it. I want someone to make to redo that, but have it be like, confused breakfast <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like it'd be our newer intro. I think and, then, the and then it'll fade out, and then our actual song will fade <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go. There we go. <laughs> but let's go on track two. So track two being Hot Dog. Uh, this song, like, this is the one with all the fucks in it. Fucking rips. Yeah, it, yeah, dude. This is one of my favorites on the album. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This I, song rips. To be honest, I do, and we'll get into it, but I do think this is a pretty front-heavy album. Oh, are you opinion. kidding me? Like, you get some variety in the back half, I think, and you get some, like, kind of surprising, like, oh, that's kind of good song right, yeah, yeah. right there, you know? Um, but yeah, as far as like the fucking frat boy, what you come for for Limp Biscuit, it is pretty front heavy. And this is after this is after Woodstock has already happened. Yeah. All that shit went down. Fred is enemy number one, and so he's coming at you with this song right off the bat. Yeah. And so, what did you read much about like the Trent Reznor stuff? Well, I guess he was. I thought he was like Fred Durst is a fan. Fred Durst apparently was like a huge fan of Nine Inch Nails, as everyone should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I guess he tried to like talk to Trent Reznor once, or or at an award show, but Trent Reznor like started ripping on him oh, and like man. making fun of Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. So unfortunately, that seems like very Trent Reznor. It does, right? Yeah. And then this then feels very Fred Durst to yeah. then <laughs> to then literally make all these Nine Inch Nail Nine Inch Nail get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. And then the chorus basically being every it's basically the reverse of it. Perfect yeah. drug, closer. Yeah. yeah. But then I guess apparently they didn't ask for permission to to technically use these their lyrics. Right. I was wondering about this. And and they already sent it off to print, and then they tried to ask Trent Reznor, and Trent Reznor's like, no. Because <laughs> you're you're literally like making fun of me in this. So, but is it does it just make so much money that they- no yeah he eventually from what i read trent reznor eventually said you know what whatever fine i'm an artist as well <laughs> i don't want to hold up your album because of this you've already done the work fine okay. and i think he has a songwriting credit in the um in the liner notes oh, so really? maybe okay. he makes a little bit of money off of it but i i don't know it just i couldn't tell if it was like a good or a bad thing that he was saying these things yeah. about trent reznor you know yeah i don't know i mean i guess it, i mean it's these lyrics are 
are dog shit. <laughs> like, we're just going to say it. Like, <laughs> well, he, uh, whose lyrics are dog shit? Trent yeah, 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 Reznor's or Fred Very true. Oh. Well, so dog shit that he has to take someone else's, I guess. But um, I don't know. I, I, he, dog shit and infantile in the way that it's, you know, well, you was a bully to me, you know. I mean, I get writing about those feelings yeah. for sure, but just being so on the nose and blunt about it, I don't know. I, I just, all I can think of now is like Fred Durst trying to get an autograph and an old school <laughs> autograph book or something. Be like, Trent? Hey, Trent. It's I'm me, like, Fred Durst. It's me, Fred. Remember? I, we, we, will you sign this? Get out of here, nerd. <laughs> and then, like, he's like, oh. <laughs> I'll get you, Trent. I'll get you, Trent Reznor. Oh. My, my guess is that Fred Durst has sold more albums than Trent Reznor had. Ooh, bummer. Uh, well, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. I didn't hear I didn't hear his his name on the uh, <laughs> two, t- top 23 <laughs> album sales. So. Out there. Just saying. He does say 46 uh, fucks in this song. You know how many are in the entire album? How many? 170. Mm. So like a fourth of them roughly were in this song. And that's a fuck every 26 seconds. You know, we uh, have said on the show before that that, that word can be kind of a crutch in, a, in mm. creative works as a spoken language. Yeah. You know, um, I think that he's got at least two crutches and uh, is not impaired at all. And he, he just leans on him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the first song might be a testament to that. Maybe he had more lyrics he had to throw away. <laughs> Or something, and so he was. He was just like, "Well, fucking he fuck, fucking fuck, 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 fuck." And they're like, "Then they're like, it's too much. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of f bombs. You sure you want to fuck with it? Fuck, fuck, fuck." All right, were you were you recording? Yeah, yeah. Keep it going. Make it an outro song. I don't know because you told me to. Nope. First song on the album. Well, track three is my generation, and we are going to implement some things here. Uh, we're going to do best and worst lyrics if you have them by chance. Okay. We don't, don't give a fuck and tell you, give me a fuck about me. Do you like that lyric? I like the sentiment. I did. I was just going to say that. Like, the sentiment is so true. Yeah. But the, 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 the delivery of it's kind of like, yeah. I think yeah. you just described Limp Biscuit <laughs> <laughs> in <Yeah>. a nutshell. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just I, saying. You listen, hey, man, until you care about me, and my friends, like, we're not going to respect you at all. Yeah. <laughs> nope. We don't give a fuck. We're never going to give a fuck until you give a fuck about fucking us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, us. And my generation. Yeah. Yeah, like our whole, our whole generation. Our crew, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I get behind that. That's like, you know, skateboarding through the mall. And exactly. be like, why the fuck can't I skateboard through the mall? Fuck your old ass, yeah. you know? Give a fuck about me or I'm not going to give a fuck about your dumb mall. Hey, I care about you, but it's also important that you're doing safe things and that you don't skateboard through the mall because you could, you you might could hurt end yourself. up hurting fuck someone you. or, or somebody else. You don't give a fuck about me or no, my I'm try- generation. <laughs> no, I'm trying to tell you that I literally care about your well-being and safety. No, this doesn't sound like an old man. <laughs> Please, excuse me. Sir, young sir, please. <laughs> I just want you to be safe. I just puts headphones on. Yeah, don't don't give <laughs> that. That actually is not my worst lyric, though. My worst lyric is Giannato, take us to the Matthews, Matthews Bridge. But that beat comes in, dude. Okay, can we talk about Giannato? John, well, yes. Uh, can we talk about the audio of this, like the songwriting and the guitar riffs and the mix in general. I think this is one of the best mixed albums ever made. Maybe 
Potentially, yes. I know what you're saying. Like, it's just the it's the music is so cohesive and flows together so well. And I, I really think that Wes Borland and John Otto being the drummer, right? Yeah. John Otto. He it's, goes to the Matthews Bridge. He goes there. He's always there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will I will say, I think and this may be too deep of a statement for talking about Limp Biscuit, but I think that the two thousands two thousands and just kind of in that in that range had some of the best mixing, some of the best like mastering, some of the best like music quality studio albums really like coming out Mm -hmm. at that point in time. I just, for some reason just makes me think that it was like the best time for the best mix of new technology and analog equipment. They're still doing it all on a board. But they're still a lot of times they were still recording some on of the tape. New, yeah, but then they were mixing digitally, which yeah. is like the best of both worlds. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. It's like they're they're kind of they're mixing, like you said, yeah. the best of both worlds. It's all coming through the right way, and even Limp Biscuit gets this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, a, an album like this will will get that. And I, I I agree with you though. I think I think it's the quality's there. Uh, I don't know if it was this song or not that it certainly sounded like it was like a like a ping snare like a like a piccolo snare. Yeah, I don't think it was this. I think I know what. I think I know what you're talking about. But it was it was pretty new metal stanger. I think you're talking about the one where DJ Lethal like before that. That is this song. Okay, okay. Well, I which, think you are. I think which that my is. note is: thank God DJs and songs aren't a thing anymore. Like, <laughs> I, th- it's so pointless to have a DJ in in a song yeah, in a rap. Yeah. Let, let me mix it up for you. Is that not sick though? It, like it, it is. It is to an, to the extent of how unique it was. It, like no one had ever really done stuff like this yeah. in rock, rap, DJs, guitars, but like. It doesn't do anything for me and anymore. Right now, I'm just like, huh? Yeah. I think Incubus. So Incubus was really one of the last greats to incorporate. <laughs> Maybe it it's in. the tastefulness of it. Like, oh, okay. hey, help, help, work in some samples. Yeah. But this is when it's like. My, me and um, t- to your testament about the audio, though, um, my wife and I were listening to this <laughs> on Friday on the way to we got a little getaway, nice. and we were both just in the car, just going, <clears throat> yeah, like she she basically is like this is this is me in high school, you know, like it was flooding a rush of memories back to her, and that's p- part of the beauty of the the audio of the two thousand something about it just takes you to a place, yeah, and I th- and I think this is this is one of those songs that you'll always think of, like yeah. I'll tell you one thing that is weird about watching movies from 25 plus years ago. It's the fact that no one has any cell phones. Obviously, nowadays we're glued to our phones. We need them to survive. That's what makes it so frustrating when A, you're getting ripped off by these overpriced wireless providers with their fine print contracts and you end up with a ridiculous bill every month. And B, it never even works right. Always dropping service when you need it the most. I've tried four different service providers in the last decade. Wow. And none of them have fixed any of these problems for me. So when I first heard about Mint Mobile offering premium wireless starting at 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch here, Ryan Reynolds? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Before I switched over to Mint Mobile, I was paying $400 a month 
for two lines. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for $15 a month. And that plan comes with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. It's flexible too. Choose from three, six, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to a monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. That's it. You and your special someone, boom, here's a family plan for Valentine's Day. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all existing contacts. It took me five minutes to sign up and completely switch over. And the best part, I didn't even have to go to one of those dumb stores, wait around for an hour while the new guy who just started working there couldn't figure out how to work his iPad. Switch to Mint Mobile. Join the cool kids who like to save money. Get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash confused. Mintmobile.com slash confused. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash confused. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And actually, to go back to Fred Durst and his lyrics, it just seems like this album is basically just pop culture references. It really is. I he think just says things that are in pop culture. Obviously, he had kind of a... He was feeling what, you know teenagers were feeling at the time too but he was making a shit ton of money while yes. doing it you know i you know the the whole woodstock 99 thing was i really don't think that's their fault at no. all you know i think it's the the managers of, yes. the, of the festival and everything you know i i it's their responsibility they get paid to entertain and that's what they fucking did yes. you know it's not you know it's nothing else is their fault and um, it's mtv's fault a lot of it too for being the ones that pointed the blame directly yeah. at limp biscuit mm. When they literally said nothing about any other band that played that weekend and that helped ignite that shit. Yeah. Limp Bizkit was just the cinder that just fell on top of it. Yeah. You know, like everything else was built up ready for it. But yeah, dude, I, I don't I don't like the negativity that they got from that. I don't either. I mean, and like, it really led into this. Like this album became the 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 thing that made everybody go fuck Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Like I, they're they're too popular. I think that he mm. has something to say and I think that what he's trying to say is poignant and um you know of the time like these these uh, especially males i'm sure i'm sure is their largest audience yes, you know is. um we're feeling a lot of uh, angst at the time and they brought it you know they got the filter and let it let it into their house mm -hmm. and they and they could let it out you know um and you know it's, it's not like poetic lyrics no. but he's just saying what needs to be said i guess you know but he's also just going like on this song. He says, "Welcome to the jungle." One one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Guess he references Titanic. He just like references just here's pop culture stuff. That here's a thing. Here, here's yeah. a thing that you know about. <laughs> he's not the best <laughs> lyricist ever born. Let's just put it that way. No. These are books that I think about. <laughs> like, it's like his recommendation list or something. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Uh, track four. Death though. of a salesman. <laughs> Flew over the cuckoo's neck. Confused breakfast podcast. I told you to kill a mockingbird. I told you. I think Fred would like our podcast. I think so I think too. he'd be into it. Fred, <laughs> hey Fred, do you want to be a guest? Sponsor He's us? a filmmaker, dude. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah, it, dude. Uh, track four, though, Full Nelson. I'm not going to say this is my favorite, but it's it's top three for me. Yeah. Do you like this song? I I mean, like I said, it's I when I bought this album, I really didn't go past uh, Roland. Okay, <laughs> you know? so you heard this one. Oh, definitely. And you love this I song. I do like this song a lot. Um, I liked this song a lot. 
upon re-listen. It was one that I like. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember this part of this song. Like, yeah. Again, that's about what I got out of it, though. Just something about his. I think he's one of the best, like screamers of all time. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, and he's got that aggressive singing style anyway. Like knock straight the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But at the end, when he's like, "Burn this motherfucker down, down," like he's he's so underrated in his ability to literally just get you fucking amped up. Yeah. You cannot help but listen to this this song and this album and just be like, oh, and dude, cool. if you have like an air raid uh, siren in the background of your song, I'm in. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's it's like you know having the cast of characters at the end of the movie. I'm, I I will love it every time. Yeah, go ahead because like even like Rage Against Machine would open up with like an air raid siren and then intro to their whatever song, and I just get I just get so oh. fucking pumped. Like I don't know and that. That really low tune. I'm assuming like drop A ish. It's gotta be that's around the there. Um, it's just it just sounds so good. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I don't, it's it's so pumping. And then As I do those agree, harmonics in the chorus. Yeah, I do agree with you. Like that, this is maybe his best lyrical kind of stuff. That's the more angsty yes, side. Yes. I think. And and you were talking about it on the last song. West Borland. I think gets some negativity just due to maybe his flashiness of like wearing the outfits mm-hmm. and being in Limp Biscuit. Yeah. I think Wes Borland might be one of the greatest rock and roll guitarists of all time. I'm up I'm going going with you on that. Yeah. I think he's certainly one of the most original like yes. rock and roll guitarists of all time. Like Did you hear their newest album that they just put out? Mm-mm. I'll play it for you after this. Uh the one of the riffs that he plays in there is like what just happened? Mm. How are you doing this? Uh, I think he's one of the best, and I think this, this it's what it's what happens when you combine a guy that wants to do that yeah. with a guy that wants to do that, and somehow try to put them together. Well, he wanted yeah. to combine like he was a like a, a performance artist, yes. you know, and he would do that just in his normal life, like go on the street and just look fucking weird, you know. <laughs> As like an art performance, yep. but then he is a great guitar player and, and melded melded the two. It's like I guess I'll just he, it, he probably was coming off of the street performance. I was like, oh crap, I'm late for the show, <laughs> and he's like, what, Wes, what are you wearing? I don't know. This is my new thing. <laughs> I great, I have to do, it do every this. show oh, now. Crap. <laughs> uh, track five though, my way. Yeah. How do you guys feel mm. about my way? This kind of mid tempo. Nice. Spacey Limp Biscuit vibe is sort of my. I think that's where they really shine. I think this is one of the best songs, in my opinion. Is, is this the best song? Uh, no, okay. not in my opinion. But um, yeah, I, I like it's a spacey is a good way to put it. I think, especially like, the verses. You know, yeah, they uh, the sonically this one's like more out of left field than the other ones yes. are so far. It seems like a more like kind of rock song than like a heavy metal ish kind of thing. Yeah, this is one I get really torn on because when it when it came on, I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> here's here's the here's the late '90s, early 2000s that we really needed to make this a 2000s album, which is that kind of slower, like you say, you know, lower te- lower tempo. Okay, you're just slowing it down, and I feel like I'm listening to Stained. 
on an upbeat, on an upswing or something. I don't know what's going on. It's just the way I felt. Didn't really like the song? I wasn't a, I wasn't as big of a fan, but it also could have been in my anticipation for the next song. So oh, well. Let's just be real. Well, I, before we move on to that, I also have to say, too, like I think they have some of the best fucking hooks mm-hmm. ever. Um, I, I don't disagree with you there. They're, they're, when they get to their... Um, you know, their pre-courses and everything, like, as, as the bridge comes, is fucking so dope. Like, the, their chill out, mm-hmm. and then, like, especially even uh, uh, Full Nelson, too, that don't, but keeping that with no distortion, yep. and then just bringing it in later. Dude, it is so hooky mm-hmm. and so good. Uh, well, you get to track six. This is Roland, Air Raid Vehicle. Got to specify which one this is. This is, <laughs> this is the main one that you know. I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that Roland is my favorite cliche Limp Biscuit single. Yeah. Like, I'll take Roland over Nookie, over Break Stuff, over Faith. Like, Roland's my my cliche Limp Biscuit jam. Yeah. Okay. Not my favorite song on this album, but if you're talking like the cliche Limp Biscuit stuff, I think that's, I think this is my jam. Okay. This is the song that I have to imagine that they have to be sick of playing at this point. <laughs> Because they've just got a bunch of like pe- like dudes looking like Vin Diesel in the front row, <laughs> just like stoked to just wanting to hear their their quarter Ugh. mile anthem. Just yeah. oh yeah, dude, blah, blah, blah. keep rolling, Rock and rolling. It's yeah. ecstasy, right? Corona, no, it's cars, family. Yeah, yeah family. <laughs> 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 I I saw him live, and uh, that was just recently, right? A few years ago, okay. like twenty twenty one or so. Um, they oh Spirit Box opened up for him, which was fucking tight. And um, when they got on stage, they played this song, and Mike Vallely, the pro- professional skateboarder, hell yeah, came out and was singing with him and doing like doing the call and call and response kind of thing with this. It was pretty fucking dope. That's I liked rad. it. I liked it live. This time, I got to be honest, it, it kind of wears on me. A yeah. Bit. Oh no, I hear you. Yeah. If there is a race car movie that doesn't have this song True. in the soundtrack, then I, I think we all know where they're making their money at this point. It's a, hey, we're producing another car movie. Can we uh, get your song in this? Well, I don't know. <laughs> he likes to play hard to get with it. He's like, of course ah, you, ah, can. you want it? You, you, uh, you can have it. You can have it. It's going hey, to be $15 million. It's in our contract that whenever a uh, car movie gets made, it's already going to be in there. <laughs> You actually can't like get fun. a license. I just like having fun with you. That's exactly what You it can't is. get a license to make a movie about cars without yeah. like already agreeing <laughs> to have this in there. You go down to film in LA and they ask for your 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 LB <laughs> sign off. It's a punch card. Do you do you have your do you have your uh, LB one one thirty seven? What's uh, what's that? Wait, I didn't. Nobody gave us that one. Oh, boy, he oh, didn't know about what? the LB one thirty seven. Is rolling in your movie? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, then like, you lucked okay. out because. If it wasn't, you were going to have to go back and thank, edit it. And put thank it God. There. It was already in there. <laughs> if you've started production on it and it wasn't in there, then we'd have issues. <laughs> Just sign this and that you're going to pay them what they need for it. It's Fred Durst trying it's to make the movie. <laughs> He's like, I didn't even know about this. <laughs> He's dressed up as a, as a woman at the DMV or like the, the park's office. Oh, my God. Uh, I think we just we just... We just made a new music video for Fred Durst, we guys. We did. Get him on the phone. Tall up Fred. 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 Yeah. Uh, track seven. <laughs> Living it up. <laughs> That's how he answers yeah. the phone. <laughs> he answers the phone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> this this track seven, living it up. This is my favorite song on the album. Okay, anybody gonna join me on this? Living it up, not giving a fuck. No, that's yeah. Nice this line. is uh, um, when it says uh, 
Something about the here. I'll play it for you real quick. The uh, the verses of this song just are amazing. Like this is musically oh, yeah. fascinating. Stop fishes, my man Fred Durst. In this part, where he goes like, um, it's something something about the uh, the drum part on that yeah. Starship navigation system. Yeah. Like I, they can groove. This band can groove. <laughs> yeah, mm. dude. Like they, and this song does it for me. I don't, I don't necessarily like that it's a sample of like in the fast lane. Yeah. But um, and he also says I've seen the Fight Club about twenty eight times. times. <laughs> me in October of two thousand has also seen the Fight Club about twenty eight <laughs> times at that point. Hey Mike, you want a movie made for you? Here you go. Hey Mike, you want an album made for you? Here you go. Here you go. We're it also going to reference that movie. We basically just gave you everything you needed. Every every. Let's see. How old were you then, Mike? You I were was, in your twenties. I was eighteen. Eighteen. Oh. Going on nineteen. Nineteen. Oh, oh. when this album came out. This is what every eighteen going on twenty-seven yes. year old needed. I was one year away from becoming like from fully falling into like indie indie music and like underground yeah. stuff. Like because I start I was starting to play it and wearing a lot this, of scarves. This was probably <laughs> oh. this and uh, many rings. Yeah. This and Issues by Corn were like the last mainstream albums that I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then from here on out, I'm I'm gone. But yeah. at this moment in time, I'm like, yeah. From, yeah, I get from it. then on, it was Dave Matthews and John Mayer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was. That was to get uh, the girls straight. Uh, Oasis. I, like this like this riff in the in the chorus, I guess. It's just so simple, but so fucking good. And I think like even going this is like my favorite, probably like verse of Durst's yeah yeah <laughs> going into verse a course Durst. Durst yeah. first like uh, that the the flow of that yeah. in this song is just peak I think yeah uh, on this album and they even throw in the change of time signature in that chorus or in yeah. the bridge like gotta get a don't gotta get a bunch so I mean like even the technicality of changing a you don't change time signatures in a rock masses song yeah. you know like rock for the frat bros you do not change no, time no. signature if you, but I they swear, do it and it you, works you go to three four and, and you disrupt their four four <laughs> boy they're gonna be upset by clapping is wait, off what wait, happened you're doing it wrong no i am i that's my favorite song on the album um track eight is the one uh it's not my least favorite but this this song's just very eh for me this well, is where it falls off i mean like if it wasn't five minutes and 44 seconds, I probably would like well, it. Well, it's because there's like this weird hidden song on there. Yeah. Which doesn't even make sense. Like, again, I like I like the musicality, and I do like that you can kind of see Fred Durst singing a little bit, yeah. which is not bad at all. No. And I, I do li- like love all those things about it, but if you if you go past 3.30, I'm out. Yeah. Like, Agreed. I've had enough. I agree. Especially in a song that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like that, that say, also yeah. the idea of had it, having a hidden track that seems like an idea that a child would come up with, like in the middle, like in the middle of the album. <laughs> hey, let's do a secret <laughs> track, well, and it, you gotta like you gotta listen through in order to. It's like I don't. Did you think guys that's own a very significant idea. other the no. album before this? Uh-uh. Uh-huh mind-blowing stuff here that people of today's generation will never understand. Significant Other had negative time on it. It, it, So if you you got to the end of song four, and if you actually let it get to the end of song, song four, it would go into negative space, 
and play a hidden track, like 20 seconds of a hidden track for you mm. that, that you could not get to unless you get to the end of song four. If you're mid song four and you f- fast forward to song, or you just oh, click yeah. to f- song five, you go to song five. I see what you're saying. It's uh-huh. like this negative timing yeah. okay, that, there we that go. you can only do on CDs. I've, like, I've, there's a couple albums that I really yes. like that, that do that. And I guess, you know, like Spotify would allow that. Without, allow yeah, that and to now happen. it's just on there. I think yeah. it's just at the end of the song. Yeah, but, but like you're like, what? The song is over. It was only three, three minutes, 30 exactly. seconds, but it's five minutes long. What's yes. going on? Yeah, mm. you have to wait. I do like that. That little secret, but but I only guess, if it's good. I guess I guess you're right. It does seem a little like if I have an idea. I have yeah. an idea, and I want to do this in the middle of the it'll album. Be it's like it'll be, it'll be people, people won't talk. even people won't even know it's there. It's like but they're gonna let it play. I don't know what you're saying, man. I don't know. <laughs> I get it now. I get it now. Speaking of forced, like I feel like track nine <laughs> got to get a groove on. Um, you know, because if you go back to the last album, they they did the same thing. They had a rap track on there called "In Together Now." Yeah, which is like pretty good it's pretty good like <laughs> rap rock yeah this one just feels very forced to me like we got to put a hip-hop song on yeah. here and we got to get exhibit what up dog i heard you like chocolate starfish and flavor, hot dog yeah. flavor water so we got you a car full of hot dogs flavored water wow, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yo what's up dog i heard you like music in your music so i'm here to lay down a verse Thanks, like, exhibit. I heard you like a little rap with your rock. Uh, Here I am. Here I am. It's just like a I cheesy, love exhibit. Yeah, like, I know. I love Limp Bizkit. I love exhibit. Uh, this just doesn't work. It's kind of a bad song, and it it's shouldn't just a be. bad beat in general. Yeah. And like, although this is my favorite lyric of the album. Uh, you gotta hate that a demo from an eight track brought me to a place where platinum comes in eight stacks, bitch. Oh damn! I like Brain. that. He makes like a lot that. of money. I like that a lot. Eight it, stacks platinum, like mm, pl- sold sold eight million copies eight million of his copies. last album. Yeah, from a demo from an eight track. He didn't know he's about to go triple seven hundred platinum. Seven million platinum. Seven million. Seven million platinum. Uh, track ten though. Take a look around. What do you know about this track? Do you know the history on this one, dude? I see here that um, Lalo Schifrin has a credit on this, and he is a prolific um, composer. It's probably from the. 007 lick. A hundred percent. It yeah, has to be, I right? I did not put that together until you just said that. Thank just you. Just the, the putting the, the notes together yes. in this form. Yes, a hundred percent right. Wow, I'm a fucking idiot. Um, this is my favorite on, on the album. Is it? Okay, yeah. do you know that this was this was on the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack? Yes. That came out before this. That's probably why I... Okay, I'm putting it together yes. now. That's probably where <laughs> I heard this song and where I liked Limp Biscuit and I got this album. It after. would have been the summer of 2000... And apparently, apparently this just took off like crazy. Like this was the track of the of the soundtrack of yeah. the movie. It actually got not or it got nominated for a Grammy for best hard rock performance. Oh, right on! This wow. song from from the soundtrack soundtrack. Okay, yes. okay. Because the album hadn't come out yet, but dude, it hit number fifteen on the mainstream rock charts, number eight for modern rock tracks, and it and they credit that with leading towards the success of this album. Mm, okay. Because it was like this little crest of a wave, like you just said. Yeah. You were like, oh, this is fucking tight. Oh, they got a new album coming out. And that's a that's a good soundtrack, too. Yes. That Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. It, they had Rage on there. I think yep. that's probably where I first heard Rage. They had a Metallica song on oh, there. Oh, yeah, that Metallica song was dope. It's pretty good. I can't remember Even the name Even though that's like Saint Anger era. Yeah. No, those, that's Load and Reload. Okay. I think that's yeah. Load, which is okay. Oh, and Rob Zombie was on there, yep. too. Yes. Let's see, Mission Impossible 2. 
That was a good one. That was like one that I remember way more actually than the original. The Mission movie Impossible. or the movie? Okay, yeah, yeah. And I then, think I watched I, it. You know too. what? I think that that has a pretty good, a pretty good play in it. Honestly, like that song. Like oh okay I don't know like it, the, a lot of those action sequences whatever it's like yeah no this this makes this makes perfect sense it's <laughs> yeah. fine it's I whatever. remember in that movie like one of the last scenes it was like some the bad guy they were like fighting on the beach and a bad guy like goes to stab Tom Cruise as he's like on the ground and the knife gets like inches away from his yeah, eyeball from his eye and my mom was always like yeah they just put a string on the knife <laughs> and it, it it caught like right before it got to his eye and now i'm thinking like they would never They're, ever allow that they would never happen. allow that to be the thing that stops that from <laughs> yeah. from yes. ruining tom cruise <laughs> or his stuntman <laughs> or his stunt no no it's tom no, cruise it's, it's, no no no, no. <laughs> uh, track 11 this is my least fave it'll be okay um this is just feels like they needed one more song and westboro that had all these cool riffs yeah. but none of them really worked together and you just kind of did them together, and mm. they just like this. This song just does not do it for me. It just seems like that riff salad that they just didn't have. It's like, well, it just these didn't say, hey, come together. Here's some unfinished ideas, so let's kind of knock it out. Yeah, it's yeah. my my least favorite for sure. How's yeah. this one go? Like, Want to hear it? It's It'll really be bad. okay. That's, that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's basically what it is. How about you don't tell me what to do. Ugh. It'll be. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> don't reassure me. Ew. It's like tight. It's like really cool riffs. Yeah. I think it's the one too where like he, he just kind of keeps that low. Yeah. And it's distorted a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I like that part of it. But yeah, I'm, overall, it's too long. Yep. The, too everything's long. too long. Uh, track 12, though, boiler, uh, Jarrett layoff in the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. He yeah. said this is his favorite. It's not my favorite, but I agree. Like this song's fucking bad. It's a banger. Yeah. It, it, although it's it very much exemplifies the the thoughts behind new metal um like you can't have a new metal era album without screaming why a lot in the lyrics <laughs> and the, pretty much the end of the song is him just going why 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 like again that riff too is just like i'm a lot, a lot of the time i'm listening to especially this song or uh uh an earlier track on here i'm not sure but um i'm, I'm like not knowing or realizing or picturing in my head how he's how he's performing this riff you know yeah uh i don't like i don't know what tuning he's in it's got to be something real low but usually i can kind of pick that thing Mm -hmm. out but with this especially this song i'm just like man i don't know what you're doing it just sounds like you're produced you're doing a soundscape on guitar but it's heavy and and angry and angsty you know really cool shit there's a weird little bass drop in there on the chorus yeah why'd you have to go and be some like like you (laughs) yeah dude it's Uh, sick Track 13, I want to know what you think about this. This is the one with Scott Weiland and him. Um, no drums, very slow song. Like, I really want to like this song, but I just don't. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the Scott Weiland and Fred Durst together with no drums. Yeah. A six-minute long ballad. Like, again, I like it. It was cool to hear him, like, sing melodies. Yeah. But that's not for six minutes or... Uh, <laughs> Five minutes and forty-eight seconds. No, with no drums. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this whole thing runs at seventy-five minutes. Now, a lot of that's maybe the outro that we haven't got. A to lot yet, of it but is still. That's still take the outro away. That's still it's a still lot. probably an hour. You yes. Know? Uh, you got any on that one, AJ? Because uh, we're no, we're I, gonna get into rolling uh, urban assault vehicle. Here we go, baby. 
UAV. <laughs> uh, which 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 do you prefer of the rolling tracks? No, I I prefer the air raid vehicle. Yep. But, it's like, but I don't know. There's something about this that you're like, oh yeah, no, this is this is definitely like um, Fast and the Furious. I don't know three, not one, right? Or this was this is uh, you know they wanted they wanted Jaw Rule in Gone in sixty seconds, but they couldn't get him. You know yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. a thing, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, I this is fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I my note is uh, I'm I'm never gonna hear this song again, and I'm good with that. Because <laughs> like at first you're like, yeah, I love Method Man. Yeah, I love Red Man. I love DMX when he's not barking. But then you get to the end of this song, and it's just like, again, we're six minutes in, and it's bump that shit, bump that shit with DMX barking in the background, yeah. and you're like this. No, this is those moments where you're just like, you need someone in control to be like, no, you're being obnoxious. This, this is not good. Cool. Hey, you understand this is a studio album, right? It's a studio album. (laughs) It's a studio album. You can do that live at the Grammys. Stop it. Stop. (laughs) He also think he tried out barks. He tried. I think it was on accident. Like Like he he barked one time. He did like a poodle once. He's like, ah. He, he no, like, I don't really like that. Yeah. You think everyone's anyone's ever liked his poodle? <laughs> anyone's ever put that on one of their tracks? Yeah. Like <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, Nicki Minaj called me up, and that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. D.M.X. Rip in peace. Another uh, R.I.P. Here we got the outro track. We got to talk about Ben Stiller. He's dead. Yeah, I'm just joking. No, he's not. The again, the outro. This outro. Did you listen to the whole thing? Please tell me you did. Yes, you listened to the whole. AJ didn't listen no. to the whole thing. <laughs> I, I mean, like once when it became repeating Ben Stiller, like high laughing, I had to skip skip a bit. I'm like, I cannot do this. It's just because I thought it was one. I do like that he's just fucking high out of his mind, like hanging out. It seems in the studio with Limp Bizkit. You know, apparently they were good friends, Ben yeah. Stiller and Fred Durst. And Ben came to visit them in the studio, and Fred was basically like, will you just like talk badly about us on microphone for a little bit? <laughs> and I get they were probably high or drunk Dude, or something. Dude, he's, he's high. Tell me he doesn't sound like Paul Rudd for a second. Uh, Yeah. Like the way young Ben Ooh. Stiller sort of sounds like Paul Rudd to me. Okay. A little bit in that audio. But yet whoever, again said this would be so funny if we just dude we should just take ben stiller's really high laugh and we should do it for three minutes straight. it is dude, just the fact that he's here i mean we gotta do something we have to we, we have, have to record his voice it would be so funny i then. mean like it's funny enough just him laughing but then like let's make it for three minutes it's, yeah it's literally filler like <laughs> for no reason you're extending filler and i yeah it's overstays it's welcome to say the least we told him we'd give him 75 minutes guys <laughs> We told him we'd we give him 75 part of minutes. our contract, it has to be 75 yeah, minutes. Yeah, well, let's give him 75 minutes and two seconds. Yeah. Got him. 15 songs, including an intro and outro. Something's got to be good in there. Do you know Someone's who the voicemails were at the end? AJ didn't hear it. But I did not Do you know who the it. three guys were in the voicemails uh-uh. at the end? The first one was Stephen Jenkins, the singer of Third Eye Blind. Mm. The one who's like, man, where are you at right now? I'm London. Oh, like, okay. well, call me when you get back, man. That was Third Eye Blind singer. The second one was Rob Deerdeck. Oh, wow. Talking about man, you got to come see my skate park, bro. It's so sick. Huh. Like this is before many people even knew who yeah. Rob Deerdeck was, 
And the last one is Mark Wahlberg. Oh. He says, I didn't see you last night. It was a voicemail. I was like, didn't see you last night, man. Uh, you said you're in New York, and what's this bullshit? I got a, I got a call, and you got to screen your calls, man. Call me back. I wish I could have something like that. Okay, bye. What the fuck? Yeah, he goes, this is Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> like, this is the height of Fred Durst, man. Dude, so he's like, got everybody. He was a celebrity. Yes, he was. And uh, we can we talk about it a little bit where it's like the tongue and cheek aspect. I mm-hmm. think he's trolling everyone. I think so too. I think he I think this is a big fucking joke to him. You know, <laughs> like he's making money off of a bit. Yeah. And uh, especially like even when I saw him he was in his grandpa era, you know. So cool. Which I was I was into, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, think what you want about him, but he's kind of a fucking genius when I think, it comes to marketing. I think he's like Paulie Shore, like we talk about that yeah. that kind of stuff um where that we wanted it so bad and they spoon fed it down our throats to where then we didn't like it anymore. Yeah. Mm. But it's not his fault. Right. Like, like the, it was the oversaturation of him. Same with Paulie Shore. We talked about this with one other person, uh, but where they just get a bad rap because there was just too much of them in society. And like, I really respect not many bands. I can barely go back and listen to like corn I can't listen to Godsmack or like Stain. <laughs> I'm just like, God, this is fucking trash. I can go back and listen to any Limp Biscuit. Those first three Limp Biscuit albums, their new one, like I fucking love it. Stoked to hear it. I, yeah. I'll play you a riff after this, but I, I think, uh, I think this album. It's, it's definitely not my favorite Limp Biscuit album, but this is like, this is the year 2000. It's iconic. It's it is point. completely like, like I said, like the front, their front heaviness of this is, you know. Not a lot of actual albums can touch it. No, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's got some really iconic moments on it that even for a person like me who didn't like necessarily hear it a bunch when you were yep. younger and everything, but you still know exactly what's what's happening and what's coming next mm-hmm. when you hear this song. When you hear one of the songs on here, so I mean, it's great, man. Like it's it's a perfectly fine, great, good. 2000 album it's fun for it's, me. Fun. It's, it's fun fun to listen to and because it's sonically pleasing it's yeah. easy to listen to it's it's well put together it's well or like you know it's well produced and it's as in that studio era uh 2000s era mm-hmm. um for everything that came from yeah i mean it's it's enjoyable you know i think it's important it's not taking itself too seriously, and that's—I yeah, think yeah. that's a big reason as to why you can go back. That's why you can't listen to Godsmack or <laughs> yeah, Stained. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, because man, because I bought into that. At oh, one point. Oh, we will okay. be running this front to back the whole weekend at my bachelor party. Fuck, just so yes. you guys know. Oh yes. yeah. Well, you guys are all invited to Sean's bachelor party. You yep. Call us up. We'll tell yep. you where it's at. You just owe a little bit of cash. Bring a sleeping bag. It's gonna be a good time. And let us know other iconic albums from the 80s 90s 2000s that you think we should talk about next yeah dare you dare you double dare okay okay all right keep rolling rolling seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.